As the coronavirus pandemic continues to grip America, governors and other authorities are ordering all non-essential businesses and services shuttered. Restaurants, barbershops, and salons, clothing stores, government offices, and even churches have closed for the benefit of the public. But what about abortion centers? In the minds of abortion activists, the intentional killing of children is always the most important issue, even in a time of international pandemic. But let's talk about it. We're joined by Steve Aiden, Chief Legal Officer and General Counsel at Americans United for Life, alongside Katie Glenn, Government Affairs Counsel, and Clark Forsyth, Senior Counsel. I'm Tom Shakely, and this is Life, Liberty, and Law. Tom Shakely, and this is Life, Liberty, and Law, another pandemic episode, joined today remotely by a great Americans United for Life team, Steve Aiden, Katie Glenn, Clark Forsyth, and Noah Brandt. How y'all doing? Real good, Tom. Thank you. Doing well. Good to be with you. <laughs> Holding up. I did an at-home workout class today, so uh, the new normal is happening. Very nice. And how you doing, Noah? I'm so good, guys. I'm so good. I'm glad, you know, our listeners, you know, I don't know if they know, but we, I haven't, at this point, we haven't got to see each other in person in a few weeks, and I'm missing all of my terrific coworkers in person. So recording this podcast, talking about this, uh, these important issues and these abortion businesses, once again, putting themselves first and their patients last, it, it makes me really happy to, to speak to my friends. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Uh, Steve, Clark, Katie, abortion has been declared non-essential, right? Is that good news, or is that not happening everywhere? That's not happening everywhere, Tom. The problem is that pro-abortion states, for example, California, New York, Connecticut, uh, they say abortion is necessary, and they've said that for years. Actually, it's in their so-called Reproductive Privacy Acts. Um, They believe the Uh, old saw that abortion is safer than childbirth. And so by that reasoning, it's a medically necessary abortion because every abortion stops the risk that a woman takes in carrying the baby to full term. Now, that's not true. As you know, for example, 20 weeks abortion is about 35 times more dangerous to the mother uh, than carrying the child to term would be. But that's what they believe. And that's what into their so-called reproductive privacy acts. And so by fiat, by by belief, you know, they have just said because it reduces the risk to the mother. We know that's not true. And we know abortion is not health care. Uh, but that's what we're faced with here. You know, it's amazing as we look at this, the fact that in so many states, uh, abortion activists are holding up abortion centers as if they were essential facilities. Again, this is a time where, you know, other key, key places are closed. Businesses are closed. The economy is taking a hit, and we're willing to do it because we know it's important to contain this pandemic virus. 
And we know that we're doing this because we need to, you know, flatten the curve. That's the phrase that we're all using alongside social distancing. Flattening the curve. It means balancing out the hit that's going to occur for our heroic medical professionals, our doctors, our nurses, our frontline EMTs, all the people there to care for the most vulnerable. And I, I can only imagine in some of these states where, to your point, Steve, uh, a late-term abortion or an earlier-term abortion uh, where there's a complication might happen. Can you imagine this is another person that's going to be sent to an already overloaded ER, already faced with shortages, already faced with uh, potentially having to deal with triage, uh, and now we're going to be sending uh, women there hurt uh, who, who may need life-sustaining care because of another botched abortion. It's just crazy. What do you think about this, Katie? Well, I think one of the things that um, Steve mentioned about the the idea that every abortion is medically necessary because every pregnancy is an emergency medical condition is just so clearly false. Um, and a lot of the reasons that they're citing for why they have to stay open actually have nothing to do with medicine. They're talking about financial anxiety, people who are worried about their insurance. And an abortion is not a solution to anxiety. And Planned Parenthood suggesting it is does not make it so. So I think that, you know, rather than looking at all the shortcuts that Planned Parenthood and other abortion facilities are happy to take, uh, like, not having patients come in and get a medically necessary ultrasound, um, we should be thinking about how we actually address this like nationwide anxiety that we all have. And I don't think abortion is the answer to that at all. Yeah, so we're seeing, as was mentioned, in states like Ohio and Texas, uh, abortion centers being declared non-essential, thankfully, and in other states going the other direction. Clark, what's your perspective on this? Well, I think it may be short term. I mean, uh, a short term lull, uh, and uh, we we have to look at the long term. But but it does. Uh, I mean, the whole notion that abortion is an essential care uh, is useful for reminding the public that, uh, as Steve said, uh, you know, the vast majority, ninety nine ninety five percent, are done for social reasons, not for health reasons. Maybe it's maybe it's as low as two percent are for health reasons. Even late term abortions. Uh, mirror uh, early term abortions and the reasons done. So even late term abortions aren't done for uh, health reasons, um, but for social reasons. That's great insight from all three of you. And I so appreciate hearing it. So like we were talking about, Ohio is one of the states that has declared abortion non-essential and told abortion clinics to shut down for the duration of this crisis. And not because of some ideological opposition to abortion, but because the governor is a uh, governor. Mike DeWine of Ohio is saying that all personal protective equipment, all PPE needs to be funneled directly to the doctors and the nurses and the medical providers on the front lines of fighting this crisis because there's a shortage of masks and gowns and instruments and, and machines. There's a shortage of everything right now. All of these tools needed to fight back the beast that is this virus. But you have we have at least one clinic in Ohio, Women's Medical Center of Dayton, refusing to halt abortions. And, and they, they've made a statement saying, well, we've already reduced the amount of personal protective equipment we're using, but they're refusing to listen to the state to stop providing abortions at this point and let all their medical resources be funneled right. to the front lines. Steve, what are we to make of whenever these abortion businesses won't even listen to the state government of it, 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 during a time of emergency? 
Well, it's outrageous and indefensible, of course, Noah. Uh, Texas, to its credit, has specifically told abortion providers to stop. And the reason that they do is that 93% of all abortions take place outside of hospitals. They take place in outpatient medical centers like Planned Parenthood. And these Planned Parenthoods, these abortion centers, don't do medically necessary abortions. They're not set up to do them. They don't do them. These so-called therapeutic abortions, which are done for uh, medical reasons, are done in hospitals. So what you're talking about here is a totally voluntary, totally elective, and yet uh, Planned Parenthood of Southwest Ohio stands up and insists that they've got to keep doing them, even as they use masks, even as they use other personal protective equipment to do them uh, and destroy human lives in the process. It's really uh, tearing the mask off, if you will, uh, pun intended, of uh, what Planned Parenthood is really all about. They're about making money. They're about staying in business. Uh, and it's not about uh, women's health and safety at all. Well, and I just want to circle back to the thing you said, Noah, about how the uh, Ohio abortion facilities are so helpfully offering to not use personal protection equipment. Let's talk about what that means. We're talking about masks and gloves. Right. The idea that your yeah. doctor is not going to wear gloves, I think, would appall any of us in any circumstance. So this is just their opportunity to decide that they don't want to follow clear medical guidelines that apply all the time, regardless of a pandemic. And especially when we've seen in many other states, as we uncover these uh, deficiency reports, in Maryland, there were eight different abortion facilities where they had repeated violations of doctors not washing their hands. So I would like my doctor to be wearing a glove all the time. And the fact that that's their solution just suggests that they don't have women's best interests in mind. Right. And I think it just reminds us, Clark, I know you've done a lot of research and work on this. It just, I think it reminds us that places like Planned Parenthood, they're just not focused on health care. Because like you said, Katie, the, the, the reason that they were ordered to close was pu- was purely to make sure these vital resources like gloves and masks got to people in these ERs that are in crisis right now. And instead of doing that, their solution is just to be even more dirty and dangerous and not use equipment that helps women and would, would, would ensure that these procedures are at least slightly safer. And so, Clark, what does that just tell us about these abortion businesses' motives? What What, what, is, what is their end goal? Is it just to provide women health care? Uh, well, absolutely not healthcare, uh, and it it suggests to me, frankly, that they're drumming up fear. Um, you know that could uh, unduly influence women uh, not to take the time they have to make a good, healthy decision um, that they won't regret. Um, uh, and uh, so, uh, it, it it concerns me that uh, this uh, uh, hype and, and uh, fear that. Uh, driving uh, uh, these abortion centers um, is going to unduly influence and, and uh, endanger the health of women. And as with so much else in this debate, this ongoing conversation in America, we have at the heart of it is the question of what is abortion, right? Which is not talked about. It, we, we talk, it's important to talk about those things, Katie, as you mentioned, the fact that they're saying, well, don't worry, we won't even use gloves or masks, but there's a deeper root here, right? Well, when we're talking about um how we define abortion. I think that we really have a moment to do that right now. 
um, as states of, are evaluating and categorizing, this is all essential, this is non-essential, or this is emergency, this is non-emergency. Uh, I know several members of our staff, myself included, have family members who have pretty major surgeries that have been pushed back because of coronavirus and the need of hospitals to use every single resource, every single person on staff, um, you know, pharmacists, every part of the medical process needs to be devoted to fighting this pandemic. And, and that can mean hard, hard choices for doctors related to their patients. My grandfather is not having a cataract surgery, which is a pretty major eye surgery because of this. It's having to be pushed back. So this idea that every single abortion in America is as essential as a hip replacement or a surgery following a, a major car accident, it, it's just, it's really not true. And, and I mean, it's like the basis of the abortion distortion that's treated this differently for four decades, in my opinion. The idea that every single abortion is as important as the surgery you need after a major car accident. If that's, if that's the thinking, then, I mean, <laughs> we, we've got a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there's another with- issue that hasn't really been voiced uh, that I haven't seen much, and and that is the implicit uh, fear that Planned Parenthood and abortion centers are pushing that somehow the c- coronavirus is uh, you know this silent stalker, and uh, if you're pregnant, you better get an abortion because uh, it could uh, do uh, you know cause uh, uh, prenatal defects or something, and uh, there's no data to support that. Um, but, uh, that seems to be a, uh, kind of a subcurrent, uh, you know, behind their, uh, pushing of abortion as essential care. As we well, look we at saw the same thing with Zika, where it actually did seem to have a very severe impact on pregnant women and unborn babies. But if you support abortion on demand at all times, you saw Zika as a great vehicle to normalize that. And, and I worry that we're seeing that right now with coronavirus. Yeah, you know, we've talked before about the fact that when you hear somebody talk about, you know, a failed abortion, what they're talking about is actually a successful live birth, right? A failed abortion is is what's known as as a as, as the welcoming of a new member of the human family into the world. And so I think that's this this great fear, this sort of paranoia that's underlying abortion activists as they see the prospect of abortion being recognized for what it is in time of crisis, right? Crisis uh, can kind of, you know, uh, Warren Buffett says, you know, that in moments of crisis, uh, you see, you know, the, the tide goes out and you see who's been swimming naked. And, uh, and, and in a moment like this, we kind of see, you know, it's, it is a sort of an emperor with no clothes moment where they're terrified, I think, of, of being recognized as actually being non-essential, and you think, you know, geez, if, if, if retail stores, if so, so many other things in our society, businesses, restaurants can be recognized as non-essential, certainly, certainly abortion centers can be as well. And we can get to a point where we realize, well, if they're non-essential, maybe uh, failed abortions are also non-essential. Maybe abortion itself is non-essential. Well, and just as they're trying to change their game plan, Pregnancy care centers all over this country are changing the way that they function so that they can continue to provide the resources that families need. I know that there's one here in my neighborhood that's doing a drive-up diaper giveaway. 
so that rather than coming inside the building, you drive up in your car, they put them in the back. And if you've got an SUV like me, that's six feet away and <laughs> you're following CDC guidelines so that they're, you know, they're being really creative and making sure that, that they're still able to serve their neighbors and communities. And I think we need to highlight those stories. Thank you guys so much for joining today. This has been a good conversation. I really appreciate the expertise and the life-affirming perspective on where we go next. All right, if you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Rate the show and leave a review. Message a friend. Let them know you've discovered life, liberty, and law. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, just email us at life at I'm Tom Shakely, and until next time, thanks for listening to Life, Liberty, and Law.